2: and welcome once again to courtside with joe morelli joe morelli of course is the head boys basketball beat writer for the first connecticut media group in game time ct and joe it is completely caught up to me like i'm completely stunned that we've actually reached the last week of the regular season i mean as we know it we're gonna be beginning conference tournaments and it just completely snuck up on me. I, I didn't think it was going to be happening this quick. I thought uh, maybe at least had another half a week or another full week. But we are actually here. We're, we're in March. It's March 9th as we report this. And you know, lots of crazy stuff happened this week. And, and we are actually in the home stretch. We're going to be running into conference tournaments, no state tournament this year, of course. Uh, what can you tell us about what, what's been going on? Just a bunch of just crazy games going on and out there. And uh, coming up on the show this week, we're going to have head coach Ty Sullivan of West Haven. Whose team was the last unbeaten team in the SEC until they got knocked off by Notre Dame, which in turn it had gone through a tough stretch uh, by themselves. So good bounce back win for Notre Dame. And what's been going on, Joe? How you doing? And welcome back. We're we're in the home stretch.
0: It does sneak up on you. And again, we knew it would, because we like I said no state tournaments, we knew it would be league tournaments. But the FCAC has a play down game on Saturday. So I mean, yeah, 18-team, the division, and then they go into next week. And then the SWC, the SCC starts next week. And, and everybody probably starts on the, the 20th. And then and it's over on the 27th. So it's, it, it, it will go quick. Um, but like you said, it was a great – after a very quiet week in the top 10, we started last Monday. We, we talked about the Northwest Catholic and Windsor Showdown, won by Northwest Catholic by four. I mean, Northwest Catholic last night, just, just to give you an idea what Monday night was like. Okay. So, Northwest Catholic ranked two this week, has a first place vote. They almost lost a Hall. They had to go to overtime to beat them. You got St. Joe's, who joins the top 10. They go in a triple overtime at Grange, almost lose. West Taban makes his first appearance in the poll. Also, they lose in the name of West Taban, who lost twice last week as the number four team. And then you got Massic and Bethel in a triple overtime game, so in the SWC. So it was a, a crazy week. We weren't even going to have time to get into all the great performances from last week. You can see those on GameTimeCD.com. There were a ton of them, as many as I can remember in the, in the couple of years we've been doing the top performers that were really, really great. But, yeah, it was a crazy week, to, uh, and obviously some shakeup in the top ten.
2: We'll, we'll start off uh, with uh, Notre Dame with a nice bat bounce back. But they drop out, but uh, they had a nice bat, bounce back win after losing – to Fairfield Prep, as we mentioned the week before, and then they actually lost a law, which was kind of a shock. But uh, Notre Dame took out their rival West Haven last night. What happened in that game?
0: Yeah, um, West Haven again, as you mentioned, they, they're they're five and zero coming in. They come up a win off, off cross. They make the top ten for the first time in forever. And and obviously Notre Dame got off to a strong start, and obviously they, they've done well in that rivalry. And again, I, I get the sense. I mean, Mike Madeira covered it for us. I'm watched on the, the network. I get the sense that there's a little bit of desperation on Notre Dame's part. Um, you know, you lose two in a row. You drop – not so much dropping out of the top ten. Who cares? But it's right. – hey, you, you realize that you're playing for seeding. You're playing for home games. I mean, that. I mean right now it's all higher seeding hosts. And uh, it, it, they were desperate. I guess you could use that word. And they got off start And it really kind of – you know, they, they hold West Ham to 47 points. You got Malcolm Duncanson and, 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 and you know, Eli Blackwell you kind of basically contain the both of them and, you know, they did a nice job last night. Ben Carroll had 23 points. You probably another double double. And again, Notre Dame, had, I mean, we, we, they've been a great regular season team. We've been over this It's their issues when they get in the March and in, in the SEC tournament in the final um, They've yet to win one, but you know, can they win it this year with Carroll? Sure they can. There's a lot of teams that can get in the mix, but yeah, it was a good win for them, Sean. Uh, obviously, it, and we're going to talk and get into it with, uh, with Tyrese in a couple of minutes, but it's between them, West Haven, Notre Dame, Fairfield Prep, Hill House, and the two-time champ Wilber Cross, it's, it's hard to figure out who's going to win that Division One tournament.
2: And we also have Kobe Cathedral. They keep chugging along. They look like the favorites in the SWC there, which also begins on Monday. Uh, the FCIAC, you know, it's been kind of really crazy. Uh, Ridgefield got knocked from the ranks of the unbeaten by New Canaan in a great overtime game, but then New Canaan turns out they lose to Wilton. And they have St. Joseph, of course. They're, they're cracking the top ten for the first time. Um, any, any outlook on that uh, tournament coming up and coming down the stretch?
0: Well, it's, it, your guess is as good as mine. Like I said, St. Joe's goes to Grant, you know, Again, Grant's with a great effort and loses a triple overtime. Um, St. Joe's plays Staples. But they don't play Richfield. They don't play New Canaan. So, I, I don't know. It's, Richfield loses at New Canaan in double overtime. Until they're beaten in a tournament, to me, it's Richfield. It's just even those different cast of characters, they've proven it. Again, these games are close to low scoring. It seems like I, I would gather it's going to be Richfield until proven otherwise. Now St. Joe's can, obviously behind Jason James, they, they beat all three. Imagine that, Sean, they beat all three Birchport schools last week. Yeah. I mean, just think back in the day, we talked last week what we had on, you know, we talked talk about, yeah, John Fall from Colby, just the strength of the Birchport way back in the day. And to beat all three of them, it's, it's hard to really fathom, but that's just, and then and it's nice that they're all in the FCAC, but obviously they're not up. You know, to me, I don't think any of them are going to contend for the FCAC title in my mind. Um, but St. Joe's is tough. You know, it's not the vintage teams we remember, Sean, but no. they're still good enough to contend and win the FCAC. But I still think it's, it's Richfields to lose.
2: Uh, we uh, talked a little bit about what the CCC is going to be doing. and It looks like, you know, their top team, that, that team, that tournament, you know, like you, you we reported uh, last week, right. that tournament is the top eight. They're going to do basically tiers, right? They could top eight, another eight, right? How do they do that again? Yeah, it,
0: well, the 32 teams and we were concerned and we've talked about in previous episodes of the courtside podcast that they were going to stay in their regions. And, and, and thankfully um, with obviously with things opening up and, we're able to, you know, see kind of seed them, so to speak. But uh, obviously you're going to have – in that top division, you're going to have Windsor. You're going to have East Catholic. You're going to have Northwest Catholic. You're going to have Bristol yeah, Central.
2: It's, lo- it's loaded,
0: basically. It, it's loaded. You got Maloney who's undefeated and getting votes in the, in the poll. And, yeah, it's going to be a fun A-team bracket. I mean, I'm not sure the rest of them. And they, they won't, Now, they won't see that until – all those leagues will have started. They got to get their games in. They won't see it until March 19th. That's a week from Friday. So we'll have another show on before they see. So, but again, yeah, your, your, your CCC champion is going to come out of that top bracket. And then in the other divisions, at least you're going to have four champions. At least he, listen, we talk about, <laughs> you know, we, we talk about the whole we make fun and I, you more than me, obviously, with the whole five divisions in the States. But to me, I, I'm glad, at least this year, they're giving other teams a chance to win something and have consolation games it's a, it's a different year as we've gone over yeah. so let them have it but hey if anything this is a format i like and you like as well because you're going to have a league champion in the CCC and you're going to have other teams win something so i'm right. happy for that yeah uh, and the SEC is doing it in division 1 division 2 SWC FC are their name one champ and uh and then all the other ones will probably do the same. The MBL, same thing. They're going to seed one to whatever. So, again, it's, it's going to be fast and furious, but it's going to be fun for those who are able to compete and be healthy. So I'm looking forward to it, and it, I, it can't come soon enough for me.
2: Well, I mean, if you remember, we're not having a state championship this year. We're not doing a state tournament this year. This is it. Yeah. Like, these tournaments mean everything. For all right. these kids who are playing now, these tournaments mean everything and we're going to put a lot into it. You know, they're going to put a lot into it. And uh winning these championships uh, is just going to be the capital of their whole season. And that's why, you know, yeah, I don't care how they set this up again. Like you said, it's a, it's a different year. Um, but I, I'm curious how, how that they're going to be received. I know the kids are going to get really into it. They're not going to have a lot of fans. I mean, I don't really know what the situation is. Now the governor last week, uh, said everything is open and actually allowed tournaments beginning March 19th. So the SEC just came out today with a, with its schedule. And it looks like they might be playing it at, at some sort of neutral sites. Uh, their quarter. Well, I guess maybe not. I mean, I don't really quite know how their setup is at the moment. They have quarterfinals, semifinals and the championship. I have all TBD, I guess it's because, I mean, are they going to, are they going to be home sites? We, we don't really know what, what the situation is with that art. Do we?
0: Well, SEC is to be determined. I think they're all, but right now the FCEC and the FC, and the SWC are staying at home sites if, for now. Uh, I mean, the possibility right. exists for neutral site. I mean, it, it exists right now, but 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 here's the thing: it doesn't mean that fans are going to get in right to these places. I think they're going to if they keep the higher seeds. It's going to be the homes. It's going to be the home team. The higher seeded team has determines the spectator policy which means probably two parents for their higher seated kids and not necessarily right. the visiting. Because nobody's letting in – nobody's really letting in visiting teams for the most part. Right. So I know the ACCC is going higher-seeding. They're not going neutral at least right now. I mean, is it time to change? Yes. But right now, I don't think you're going to see a ton of neutral sites. I think you're going to see higher seated, whatever the spectator policy is for the highest remaining seed. And, and unfortunately, the visiting – seat visiting team in the finals may not get to have any fans there. And it's just right. the way it's going to be, even with all the stuff with the governor said, I think people are going to keep it safe through the winter and then open it up in the spring. That's the sense that I've been getting so
2: far. Right. Yeah. And the, like I said, it's going to be, this, these championships going to be everything the kids get at the same time. They're not going to be able to really have that experience, which is really a shame. And, you know, when I you know, take a look back, you know, it, 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 as of tomorrow, uh wednesday march 10th it will be one year since the ciac shut down the yep. uh, state tournaments in winter and uh just to quickly look back at it, i mean first of all can you believe it's been a year and second of all can you see can we all see the light at the end of the tunnel i know it doesn't work that's going to be two consecutive years for the, the winter sports not to have a state championship uh it's going to be really weird going back here but i mean i i can't even believe it's been a year and at the time it just felt like the days and weeks were just interminable but you know, I, I feel like uh, you know, yeah, this is not the winter so we wanted, but I feel like we're, we're 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 coming out of this, and next year everything is going to be, for the most part, back to normal.
0: Well, I, I will tell you, you know, thinking back, I'm happy. I mean, the, the last week before this all happened, you had all you know all the league tournaments, and I happened to go to the CCC. We were at the CCC at Buckley, yeah. uh, East Catholic, Northwest Catholic. I was glad I got to go to Mohegan for the ECC Division One, Division Two. Walking out of there wasn't. I wasn't. I Even then, I wasn't. You you're never sure. You hope you're going to be back, but you, you don't know. Even then, it was. I mean, it had started people. had started talking about it and and whether or not we'd be going to the to the Mohegan. And obviously, we found out a week later, at the tent, yeah. that it wasn't. Um, but by by the uh, the time the state tournament beginning, I just I had the sense in and talking to people that it wasn't going to finish. We were starting. But we weren't going to finish. It just wasn't going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen that soon. I had no idea. But I remember that day, like it was yesterday, getting the email that there's a press conference in the CIA. He just knew it was over. I just knew it was over. I remember you
2: text, we, You and I were texting, and we could not believe. Like, going into the last week of conference tournaments, I, don't, I remember being at the CCC final and thinking about, like, man, could I? does somebody in this gym have COVID? Like, yeah. is that a thing? Is that sure a thing that did. was possible? Sure um, I, you know, and the funny thing was, I remember being, I remember being like sick that week. And, and it wasn't like, you know, I not like COVID symptoms, but, I, you know, I was sick. I mean, I had a little bit of a fever and, and everything. And, but, you know, it was like, it was like anything else. I went to, a, a, you know, went to the tournament games. I just remember going, am I getting this from people here? Or am I, you know, do I have, it? I mean, I, it turns out I probably didn't, but, you know, I just remember that last game thinking like, you know, should we all be in this packed gymnasium at Buckley? And that was what a Thursday night. Yes, it was. And, uh, it, and the, by the weekend, we had the tournament set. We did our podcast previews for the whole thing, the and then yep. yeah, we did that for the next day. And then we started the tournaments in girls basketball. And do we start boys? I don't even remember. Yeah,
0: one day I, I cover. I, I went to Seymour Saint Joe's. Kind of ironic. We're talking about Saint Joe's and, and Seymour, who's they're both having great years. It's kind of ironic. That was the last state tournament game I'm going to see for two years. And, uh, yeah. And I just felt that night. I didn't feel like it was, I wasn't excited because I had the sense it was going to end. I really did. And I, just, did, huh? I didn't make a public. I just, from people I talked to, I thought it was, I, you know, talking to people, we didn't think it, we didn't know when. And, uh, you know, it's, it's too bad, but unfortunately I think we, we found out, I mean, as much as they got eviscerated for their decision, we know the CIC made the right call. Right. Um, and, and this year, I, I, I don't like it as much as anybody else, but for safety purposes, that's, this is what they chose this year. And at least, at least you knew in January, you weren't going to get it. And despite the, like I said, the hockey trying to do it, it wasn't going to change. And it's been, a it's, it has felt like a year it's gone quickly. And a lot of times we've been writing about COVID and now about live sports, but it, it's amazing. it, it, it it, it feels like a year because it's that's all it's been about. There's been a lot yeah. of stories about that. We've all written them nonstop. And
2: uh... here was the thing, Joe, about the, I mean, people probably all know this. Remember you, that morning, everyone was like, we were talking on Slack or you were talking on text messages and you said to everybody, I feel like they're going to, you know, and you're, you're Mr. Like gloom and doom. So we were like, come on, Joe, they're not going to cancel the tournament, you know? And you were like, be, be prepared because I think this is what's going to happen. I think you might have talked Do you remember me saying people. that? I remember you saying, I feel like we're going to, like they're going to cancel the winter tournaments that morning. Now I think the press conference was like 11 and we had a run up there to the yep. CIAC headquarters. And I remember going in there nobody, you were using masks just yet, but, no. uh, but the couple days before, I had some couple of days before, I think it was a Tuesday. My brother came over on a Sunday and he handed me two masks and he said, you're going to need these because I've been reading up on this thing and it's going to, it's going to, it's going to be bad. And that was when I first really, this is the Saturday, the, sorry, the Sunday after the CCC final going into that final week, uh, two days before that. Glenn shut it all down. And so I was kind of prepared, like, wow, it actually crossed my mind. My brother's like, look, I've been following this since January. It's bad. So, you know, I was a little apprehensive. I didn't go to any fi- uh, go any first tournament games. And then we went. In- so when you said they're going to cancel this whole thing, it did not shock me. Yes, it was unprecedented. But, the th- and the other thing is this, the CIAC, if everyone remembers, the CIAC was the first like major league, like not major league, but it was first high school sport to shut down. They were the first in the country. They were the first, yeah, first in the, the country. I think yeah. the Ivy league did it that the afternoon. Same,
0: they did no, they did it. We were in the press conference when somebody saw on Twitter the Ivy League had canceled. Right, but, it's a tournament. It's it's league tournament, and that's before all the other dominoes started to fall with the NBA, the NCAA tournament,
2: everything else. Right. So, well, then the next night was, you know, that that night actually. No, ninth, Wednesday
0: night. It was the next well, the night ninth, the
2: ninth was when Gomer touched all the mics in the, and then the next day he. Go Bear, Rudy Gobert. I just Greg, I just watched the thing on E60.
0: It was the ninth. And then
2: two days later, he, yeah. He, 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 he he tested positive, tested positive. And as soon as that happened, the NBA shut, shut down. And then, and then, then, then all the next day, while everybody was going up to the CIC headquarters, to protest, the whole NCAA tournament was getting shut down. And then that was it. And people were really mad. But uh, I, I, again, really just crazy to think that we are one year uh, past that. and, And it's just what a year it's been. And, just all sorts of not I,
0: I know I brought this up before. and It's not sports related, but I really think people really kind of hit home when t- Tom Hanks announced he had it. Yeah, Seriously, that was the same night it, as the NBA. It, it was, and I think that kind of more than Rudy Gobert. Rudy, yeah, because Rudy Bear led to the NBA. But to me, it's when Tom Hanks has it, an every, and every, it's like a whirlwind. And then yeah. the NCA and the PGA Tour, so everybody just shut it down. Baseball eventually mm-hmm. didn't finish cut off spring training. It, it just. Everything kind of was like a domino effect. And uh, CAC was first. They were last in the spring. And and again, here we are. And we're, at least we're, we're playing. Yeah, We're playing. You got the Fairchester Athletic Association. Those teams have yet – they had a five-game season this year. They didn't have spring. They didn't have fall. They barely had winter. And they're not having Fairchester tournaments because of the timetable in the spring. So, right. so- you could be those athletes or you could be the Ivy League. Right. Who hasn't played anything anything in a year, and it'll be longer because they're not spring sports. So, I want to say, here, sit here and say, you should consider yourself lucky to be playing. But you know what? We are playing in a yeah. pandemic. We, that, that, I think people lose sight of that fact that we are playing in a pandemic. Let's play, let's enjoy this next few weeks. And you know, I, as we said, it's been a crazy time in a year, it so much has happened. You can you can feel. 24 hour straight podcast, just in sports yeah, and not fill everything that's happened.
2: It's yeah. been that crazy. It, it, it is unbelievable. It's been a year, but, uh, but yeah, like you said, uh, we're going to get through this uh, winter season and uh, spring. Looks like it's going to be pretty much normal minus some mask wearing and some rule modifications. But anyway, forget all that. Let's get back to hoops. We're going to have a pretty busy week coming up, you know, uh, but uh, with all that said, let's get to our guest. Ty Sullivan, head coach, West Haven High School.
0: Joining us on the podcast this week is the coach of the ninth-ranked West Haven Blue Devils. It's been a while. I don't know when the last time West Haven's been ranked. Uh, Ty Sullivan joining us on the program. Ty, welcome. How are you doing?
1: I'm very well. Thanks for having me, fellas.
0: I want to say, Ty, we committed. We spoke last week, and obviously, uh, we both knew what game was going to be Monday night. Um, You had been undefeated coming in. And Notre dame West Ham. Haven. West is a heck of a rivalry. I mean, I've seen some great games over the years. And obviously, uh Notre Dame won 6347 on your home floor. Just talk a little about the game, the expectations, and, and basically what happened.
1: Well, uh going into the game, it was like, you know, the uh the tables turned a little bit just a week prior. You know, we're we're going in, wanting to play against the the, the rank, our ranked city rival. And um, and then they had a a, a few tough games. The week prior, bumped out of the top ten. We entered the top ten, and now they're playing the ranked city rival. And um, after coming off of two losses, and um, those guys, they were motivated to, to to win. Man, they wanted it last night. You could you could see it in their play because I've watched a ton of film on, on them, and um, I've seen I've seen a different fire uh, yesterday in those guys.
0: So, what were they doing really good that maybe you guys unexpected – were was unexpected or something that maybe you expected and you just couldn't stop?
1: Well, um, they're a system-oriented team. So what you see is what you get. You're going to get the same thing no matter what. You have to kind of adjust to them. They're not going to adjust to anyone else. Um, it was just the other guys that, you know, uh, produced for them last night, the guys that you wouldn't expect to uh, hit some shots. And they got a they got some good play from their from their young guards last night, and um the first quarter was very very uh important because Ben hit some some big shots, big three pointers.
0: Ben Carroll, you mentioned uh, senior mm-hmm. leader. Obviously, he looked like he's dropped some weight from what I've seen. How much? How tough a dimension does he bring for them, and how tough is he to guard for any team, not just you guys?
1: He's a he's a tough he's a tough check because um any size at the high school level um, where you can step out and work from inside. I mean, it's tough because, you know, in Connecticut, we, we have limited size as is. Right. So, um, he's very versatile, and um, he works well around the basket. He's worked on his body, as you can see. And um, he's doing what big-time players are supposed to do, you know. He, he led his team last night.
0: West Haven was 5-0 going into the game. Um, <clears throat> they were the last – he was the last undefeated team in the SEC. Um, Malcolm Duncanson Sr. gets his thousand point last night. He's been with you since before you got there. We'll get into that in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. what has Malcolm Duncanson meant to this program and what does he bring as far as leadership, energy, and as far as the other guys following his lead?
1: Uh, Malcolm Duncanson ha- has been everything for this program. Um, I'm, I'm lucky to, to have uh, inherited uh, such, a, such a student athlete. Um, and when I say that, um, I mean it, man. He's a great student. And he's a great athlete. He's a great person overall, man. One of the the finest young men I've ever had to deal with as far as coaching, man. He's just a uh, wonderful human being. And um, when I first met Malcolm, I was I went to go see West Haven at a fall league game. This is right when I got the job, right. And um, I'm watching them play in New Britain at a fall league game, and um, I didn't know anyone. I was coming to see some of the younger guys um, that were supposed to be entering West Haven. And um, I seen Malcolm and I'm like, who's that guy right there? And it was like, uh, that's Malcolm. He, he plays for West Haven. I said, he does. <laughs> and right there, I said, oh, that's my starting point guard right there. And um, I started putting it together how I was going to build around him. Um, I just got excited. And then when I met him, I was just like, wow, this kid, he, he's something, you know, and um I had to kind of push him into that role because it was something he was not used to. You know, I guess as a younger uh player with some of the guys, his role was a little different for other coaches. But I seen something great in him and I was like, nah, we're gonna get this out of you. We're gonna I'm gonna push you. I'm gonna make you real uncomfortable until you figure it out and embrace it. And that's pretty much, you know, where we are today. He's a thousand point score for me, so.
0: Who are any other guys that been with you since the start that you like to mention that don't get get the limelight like that uh, Malcolm does or the guys who transferred in?
1: Well, yeah. Um. So we have Javon Calhoun who had a, a pretty good game last night. That's um our big guy inside. He's a junior. Manuel Belcher. He's a junior. Kyle Kirsten, He's a junior. I have a lot of juniors. Um. And on this back half of, of the season, I'm gonna play them a little bit more. Um, get them a little bit, a little bit more experience. Um, those guys help a lot. They, they're the guys who benefit from the double teams of uh, Malcolm and Eli when they're drawing the defense. We like to kick out to the shooters. Um, we didn't hit too many shots last night. Uh, there were shots that we usually make. Usually shoot the ball pretty well, uh, between seven and ten threes a game. Last night we had a, a little cold spell, um, and and you know the basket basket got small for us. But uh, as far as the transfers that came in, um, we had Eli Blackwell, who was originally a West Haven guy, um, and went to school elsewhere. But he's back home um, now. And the other transfer, Karan Hooks, who's also a West Haven guy, uh, grew up in the West Haven public school system, uh, went to Notre Dame and uh, transferred you know, a week into the season. I had no idea what was going to happen. Showed up in the school. Um, but, you know, I'm lucky to have him. I'm glad that he, that he did come. Um, and those guys, they, they, they've been doing well for us so far.
0: And Eli uh, Blackwell, obviously, was transferred in from Amistad. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking back at the old story when uh, Mike Madera did for us, because um, when you came, obviously, your, your background, for those who don't know, obviously, uh, played at star at Hill House, All-Area MVP for the Naval Register, um, Ro- University of Rhode Island, correct? Not Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. And Southern Connecticut State, assistant coach. I, I want to start for those who follow the Reds for years. Obviously, they're familiar with the, the current Hill House coach, Renard Sutton, three state championships you were with. And obviously, Kermit, Carolina, uh, I believe three, two,
1: two, two. That's right. Two. He
0: lost in the finals to Central. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, he's your godfather. Just talk about what both men have meant to you. Obviously, we know what they meant to the New Haven landscape, mm-hmm. but what have they meant to you personally.
1: Well, um, Kermit was the person that introduced me to the, to the game of basketball. So um, forever, you know, we're, we're embedded um, when, it, when it comes to the game. Um, he, he showed me everything as far as a player in my development growing up. I was kind of like a, a rough around the edges kid. And he kind of like got me in line and kind of, you know, showed me the game. And, and, and it was something I fell in love with. So, um, you know, Kermit has been everything for me. And as far as coaching, when, when I graduated, um, I, I had a back injury in, in college. So I knew I wasn't trying to pursue anything professionally. I wanted to come back and coach. And Kermit gave me an opportunity fresh out of college, you know, as a, as a graduate to uh, to come and uh, be a part of the Hill House coaching staff. And um, with Renard, you know, that that's like my brother, man. Um, Renard was the best man at my wedding. So, you know, um, we go back. We go, we, we, we go way back, and um, he allowed me to showcase what I can do as a coach. Not many coaches um, would do what Renard did for me. Um, he took slack for it from, from some people who may not have understood, you know, how we work together. You know, you would see timeouts. You would see Renard standing there. You would see me in the huddle, and that was our thing. You know, the, the guys knew who he was. The, the players knew who he was, but he allowed me – to kind of to 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 showcase uh, my skill set um, and it helped me grow as a coach. And it also gave me an opportunity to, you know, prepare for this job that I have now. So um those two guys, man, I owe those guys everything. man. those are my guys.
0: I want to go back a little further. Um, a, if you thought about coaching when you're in high school and B, what what is your coach Tom Fleming, one of the nicest people, that anybody could ever meet and was very helpful in my career as far as giving me historical knowledge. Uh, obviously, he was replaced by Kermit Carolina. What What did he mean to you and to the program, you think? And, and did you think about coaching even then?
1: I've been blessed, Joe, to have some of the greatest uh, group of guys, man, um, that just helped me with my development. Tom Fleming is like a father to me, man. Um, like you said, one of, one of the greatest guys the nicest guys, um, he, he took me under his wing, man, and gave me opportunity. I remember, you know, back in, back in the day I was in the eighth grade. Right. So it was a little different back then, you know, uh, today you can't speak on that type of stuff or you can't, can't do that type of stuff. But, um, Mm. he came to see me play man and was like, um, he said, you're going to be a star. You're going to be a star for me. And, um, that was one of the first things he said to me. And, um, we just hit it off from there. I went in as a freshman. Um, I got some time as, as a young freshman with Bobby Moore and Donnell Alec. I don't know what I was doing on the floor with those guys. Uh, those guys. <laughs> 98, 98. Uh, Bobby Moore, Donnell Alec, Jamar Benton. And um, Coach Fleming just, he he taught me about life lessons. You know, they, they get it. life is, you know, it's much bigger than, than the sport. And that's something I try to instill in my kids uh, all the time. man. you know, the ball stops bouncing at some point. And he was the uh, – he probably laid the foundation for me to want to coach, to want to give back. And um, I, and he, he was just a great guy for me. I still have a great relationship with his son, Aaron Fleming. I reach out to Alba's wife all the time. Like, they they become my family. So, um, great guy, great guy. <clears throat>
0: Tyree Sullivan joining us on the uh, courtside with Joe Morelli podcast. Uh, Ty, I, I, the part of me, and I think I, you, and I talked about this. The, you would have been very happy to stay as an assistant and wait your turn at Hill house or you, cause that was where you were born. That's where your bread, that's where your blood and still in your blood. I, I was reading the, the, the old quotes. Yeah. How does somebody know it's the time, right time to move on to, to spread his wing, so to speak. And why was West Haven the place for you?
1: Well, um, Leaving Hill House was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, anybody who knows me know I'm House family to the bone, you know. Um I had a man cave in my house dedicated to House family.
0: Um I moved, I
1: got another house, I moved. But um oh. I, I was uh <laughs> so whoever, whoever uh inherited that house, they they have to change it up. I didn't change anything. <laughs> So um but but um it was one of the toughest things um I had to do but we had you know a lot of success there and um like I said I was I wasn't the traditional assistant coach like coach Sutton made me feel as if I was a head coach he put me in a position to you know to be a head coach so I kind of outgrew the assistant role and you you just know when you know you know the excitement's not the same. You're still winning. You're, you're having success, and it's just like, what's the next challenge? And I just felt like I wanted to challenge myself. Um, this was a probably around 2016 after we won the first one. Um, this was this was you know we had a conversation where I'm just like you know if opportunity presents itself, you know I'm gonna uh, go for it. I had the support you know um, of uh, Renard, and I you know spoke to you know my my inner circle about it and. He was like, if something presents itself, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take a stab at it and and see what happens. The following year we win, and then um, I think it was one year after that, I think it was 2018, um, the yep. job opened up. Um, and I said, look, I'm just gonna, it's not a new haven school, so I'm not going to Wilbur Cross. Are you can look <laughs> under any circumstance. I'm, so Kevin Walton leaves, you're not applying. For I'm that not course. going to Wilbur Cross. That's not happening. I'm, <laughs> i only I so believe in mind. rivals and all that good stuff. And look, if I if I ever go back to New Haven, it'll be a loss, you know. So, but right now I'm a Westie, and, and this is where I want to be. Um, I don't see myself anywhere else, uh, you know, in, unless a, a college gig or something like that presents itself. That's another goal for me. But um, and it was just you know it was it was a, a easy choice because the support that I had. You know, um, Renard gave me his blessings. I talked to Kermit, of course. I talked to my wife, Ebony, and um, they told me to go for it, and um, that's what I did, and it, and it worked out.
0: And you brought a little bit of New Haven with you on your staff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, it's, it's 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 pretty much like the uh, how a lot of the college uh, colleges do. You know, um, they're familiar the with. You. So if you look at the Yukon guys, the Central Connecticut guys, they're guys from that family, that that tree. And I wanted to be able to put uh, some of the guys in position um, that I grew up with, that I came up with and get them some experience. Um, Aaron Johnson was a long time coach at Hyde. One of the, one of he's a great basketball mind, Joe. Um, Aaron is definitely gonna be a head coach one day. I wanna help him become a head coach one day. He deserves a shot. Um, I had one of my young guys, Bobby Bynum, who played with me 2013 state championship. Yep. At Hill House with Andre Anderson, Great. and um, and I also have uh, Keith Cothren who joined us this year. Um well, I wouldn't is, that? yeah, wow. Keith Cothren is with me now over at West Haven High, and um, just trying to help you know groom the young guys and give them an opportunity because, as you you see with coaches, some some guys don't want to let it go, and you know some guys don't want to give opportunity to guys on the rise. I've always been somebody that wants to give an opportunity to someone, you know, who's deserving of it and um and see what they can do, you know? um, It's not about me. Uh, I'm in a position where I can help people. And, you know, so that's what I try to do. Keith Coughlin, former Division
0: One player at your alma mater. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you are. Run you are and uh, yeah. former Register All-State, a tremendous player. Right before, came in right before those big runs from... Uh, yeah, the yeah. Ohio he laid the foundation
1: absolutely yeah.
0: mm-hmm. um how has it been this season you know going in first you don't know if you're gonna have a season second then you know you're not gonna have a state championship you got a senior leading roster um how has it been playing with mask and how has it been knowing what is down, what, what you know you knew going in what you were going to have how is it knowing you're just focusing on the league and no not league how has that been for somebody who's I've been on a team, you guys would play anybody, anywhere, anytime and go to class double L every single year and play up. That's what
1: Hills always did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it was tough um, finding out that we, you know, didn't have a state tournament. But um, we were in a position where whatever we can get, whatever we can do, we're happy with. They gave me a five game season, Joe, and I would have been happy and okay. um, coached every, all five of them as hard as I could. Um, so it was just one of those things where I knew we were have, we we're going to have a good team coming back. It, you know, it, it you know, I'm a little upset. The guys won't experience the t- state tournament. But I have a group of understanding uh, young men, and they're just like, Coach, we just want to play. We just want to go out there and play. If it's for the SEC tournament, let's go try to win the SEC tournament. So the goal for us is to, to go out and try to win the SEC tournament. Um, as far as the mass. it's very difficult um, for the kids. Um, I think they've adjusted, again, because they just want to play. They want to get out there and play. So it's, hey, I'll put a mask on, I'll put a blindfold on, whatever. I just want to get out there and play. So the kids, they're adjusting to it. But over time, you see it's it's having an effect on them. Um, Just like this past week, we played four games um, due to, you know, the – the quarantine we had from week one yep. and <clears throat> last night, I probably seen a little bit of it, a little bit of fatigue set in on my guys. Um, and um, I didn't notice it in a moment, but when I'm watching the film, I'm going, we don't look like ourselves. And um, I think, you know, mass may have something to do with that. And then, you know, the schedule, making up the games, but it is what it is. We, 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 we're going to play them. We're going to do what we have to do.
0: And as you mentioned, uh, you're going to have other guys play this week because you have four games this week, uh, East yeah. Haven uh, on Tuesday night and career later in the week. Uh, Tyree Sullivan joining us on, on the Courtside Podcast. All right, so you got we – we know, we know we have Division one, Division two. So Division I, I mean, I, like I mentioned, but you have yourselves, you have Nordic West Haven, Fairfield Prep, Xavier, um, Hill House, obviously, and, of course, you have the two-time defending champion, Whippercross. It's a stacked field. Uh, i gonna ask you to pick a winner because i know you'd pick i'm just curious what you, what you would think how stacked is it having seen almost all of them uh already
1: it's very stacked um i think any team can win it um i hope my team wins <laughs> but uh <laughs> um any any team can win there's different styles um you have notre Dame, who you know who has a system you have uh fearful prep who also has a system but it's a unique system. They're five guards. They spread the floor. They draw and kick. They kill you from the corner three. And then, you know, you have you have us. We're, we're up and down. We like to press. We like to change defenses, mix it up. You have Hill House, who's young but tough. Wilbur Cross, um, the same thing, athletic, tough. So you have just different looks um, from, from everybody. So it's all about matchups. And, you know, like last night, um, Notre Dame, uh, adjusted to to our style. And um we didn't make some adjustments some, you know, at, at times last night. And they, we paid for it. And, you know, I could I could go small against Notre Dame. I could go big against Notre Dame. Me going big against Fairfield Prep may be an issue because they have five guards out there. So it's just like about your matchups and your adjustments. And um so it's up for grabs um this SEC tournament.
0: It's gonna be a fun few weeks. Uh, you had mentioned when you took the job about the importance of being involved in the community and being involved in the youth programs. How has that gone, and how important really is that for those who want to get into coaching? I think it's just simply, hey, it's it's December to March, and it's not that simple.
1: Oh no, this 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 is this is a twelve month thing, man. Being involved in the community, being involved being involved with kids. Um, ever since my first summer job at fourteen years old, I've been I've been uh involved with uh, youth development. And um it's something you have to be passionate about. It's something you have to love. It's um if you get into this just to coach a sport, it probably won't last too long because you got to deal with the ups and downs of kids. Um right. there's there's many different uh personalities and emotions that go on in, in you know in the child's uh the child's mind. And um, if you don't love it, it's not something that that the average person can do. I don't care if you played the sport, this doesn't playing the sport doesn't make you good or bad at this. Like this is <laughs> this is about life. And um I'm dedicated to that. Um what I've learned and experienced in New Haven, I brought over to West Haven and I'm trying to get involved with the youth there and establish some programs over there. Um because on the off season I run basketball camps. I run a, I ran a basketball camps Sullivan so Academy since 2014 in New Haven. And um trying to implement some of the same things over in West Haven, um, just get, get the younger youth involved, grassroots, trying to you know uh, instill a foundation for the young, for the younger uh, generation, boys and girls.
0: So if you had to pass along advice to like Aaron or Bobby or anybody else, no matter what program you're going into, suburban, in the city, urban, it doesn't matter, what would you offer, what advice would you offer in addition?
1: So um I, I I would tell him what I told my good friend Danny Oglesby before he uh North before Haven. he got his job at North Haven is just, you know, have some patience. Um don't try don't try to hit the home run at the first at bat. You know, um it's gonna take a while. Um and, and just establish your your uh establish your philosophy before you start thinking about wins because the wins will come. If you do the right thing, the kids come. They work hard. You'll you'll win games. Um, but establish who you are. You want to change what from. You want to change whatever was happening before you got there. So um, that's what I would tell any new coach coming into a, a new job. Because right away you're thinking, I gotta win. I gotta win. I gotta win. We were lucky to have uh, some of the success we had in the first two seasons. Uh, but that's not what, you know, I was, I was, uh, that wasn't was the main thing I was thinking about when I took the job. I wanted to pretty much establish who I was, changing the culture, my philosophy, my personality, and kind of implementing, you know, some of that into, into the student athletes that we had. And then, you know, in year three, you can see kind, you know, a, a lot of his kind of, you see Malcolm, his development, Javon, his development, and they, they're starting to figure it out, you know, and, and that's what building a program is, is all about. It takes time, you know. The the fans want it now, but I, I do it for the kids. I, I don't do it for the fans. So yeah. Tyree Sullivan joining us,
0: uh, the West Haven coach for number <laughs> nine ranked Westies. Before we go, a little light hearted thing. Uh, I was when you watch it on on the, the NFHS network, you don't notice it. You see the the view from up top, and and somebody commented. Is that the best court in the state you're playing on with the, the blue and the, the de- West devil? And I know you're, what you're going to say, but what do you, do you have any chance to take a look at that court and see how nice it is?
1: Yes, it's beautiful. And it's the best court in the state of Connecticut. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Cavalero. We love you. Thank you. The Neil Cavalero court is the best court in the state of Connecticut.
0: Neil hands C- down. Neil, Neil Cavalero, <laughs> the superintendent of schools for West <laughs> Haven. Tyrese, thank you for coming on the next day after a rough game. And I'm sure. Sh- uh, I know you have a busy week this week and before you know it, we're going to be in the middle of the SEC tournament. And you're going to be a high seed. So uh, Tyrese Sullivan, thank you for joining us. Good luck the rest of the way.
1: Thanks fellas. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.
2: So Joe, that was Ty Sullivan of West Haven. It seems like he's found a pretty good home there, but uh, I get a kick out of the fact that he, you know, he's house hand through and through and, you know, he may not say it, but uh, you know, what if Hill house opened up in the near future? Uh, you know, maybe he might go there. I don't know.
0: I think he'd be have a very hard decision if that happened. Uh, I think when our son cemented there, I mean, obviously he's got right. three state championships. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's done a he's done a very nice job in three seasons, less than three seasons at West Haven High School. And like I said, he they're a contender. I, I like that team. I was surprised that they lost by sixteen last night, but you know, you forget sometimes it, it's how balanced the league is. I mean, we yeah. haven't really talked much about Fairfield prep, and, and they finally got some love from the voters this so week, including myself. So. And they've only lost one game in overtime to Wilbercross at home. So, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a very good SEC tournament. All these league terms are going to be good. It's
2: going to be fun. really is. Ty's done a really good job at West Haven. West Haven has been one of those schools that have, you know, always been kind of middling a little bit, you yep. know, you know, you, you would think that maybe they should have a better, uh, you know, a better basketball team than they they've had. I mean, obviously, you know, way back, they won a uh, state championship with, uh, with Reggie. Yep. Um, but usually okay. it's mostly, yeah, mostly over the, lot, you know, for as long as I can remember, it's been more of a hockey school in the winter than anything else. I mean, basketball has been kind of played a little bit at second fill, but right now, you know, Todd's got the, the basketball program up and running, man. And uh, it's good to see West Haven in, in these competitive battles and, and so on. So uh, great job by him to start. And thanks for him for joining us, Joe. We really didn't even go over the poll. We were so wrapped up in other stuff, but uh you know, this last week of the regular season, you know, what are we looking at? I know everybody basically gets into the state tournament, excuse me, their, their league tournaments. So what do we really have to, you know, look forward to this week and you know, what's it all about?
0: I mean, I think last week was, was the key week. I mean, uh, just to get, go look, look at a few things. The East Catholic has won. They're, they haven't really been challenged, to be quite honest. And uh, they're going to finish the season, regular season undefeated. They'll probably be, they'll be your top seed, I would guess or I know what Catholic might be. I don't know how they're going to do that as far as the uh, CCC and seating. Um, number three, Sacred Heart, you know, we, <laughs> we've talked about them a lot, and, and maybe the NBA is not strong, and some schools are on pause, But, and they were down 13 at Crosby and going in the fourth quarter. They come back and win, but they keep winning, and they keep moving up in the poll, whether they deserve to be three or not, it's up to be determined, but again, when you win and you don't lose, you move up. It's just the way it is. Uh, no matter what league you play in. Uh Windsor dropped to fourth. I voted them three this week. They only lost by four to Northwest Catholic. And they have, they have a nice program. And they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat in the CCC tournament. Bristol Central, uh, with Diamond Clinton had a pair of triple doubles last week. Um, and then they beat Plainville handily last night. Plainville had given them trouble on the road about a week and a half, two weeks ago, but they handled them at home. To me, they're gonna finish their regular season schedule unbeaten. They're five, and they're situated there. Colby, as you mentioned, I'm getting the sense and from what John Foles said last week and just looking at the SCIC, they're not going to be able to make up the Notre Dame of Fairfield game. It just doesn't look like it's happening. Mm. Maybe I'll be surprised, um, but it doesn't look that way right now. Colby is six, so Let's maybe they'll meet up in the uh, yeah, final. Yeah, maybe. SWC. Um, right behind him is Notre Dame of Fairfield. Again, they have all these games to make up, and uh, right now, 6-0 going in tonight against Brookfield. Actually, sorry, 7-0. They beat Brookfield last night. Uh, so they won their first game uh, number eight. Ridgefield, as we mentioned before, in the top of the show, they lost, but they only dropped a couple of spots they're losing double overtime. Um, uh, they, they've got McMahon. They beat McMahon last night. They got Noah, and they got Staples on Saturday. That's a key game. Staples is playing St. Joe's Tuesday night. We mentioned that. That's a key game in the FCAC. Again, is that Thursday? 10, or... Sorry. When is that game? You know, Sean, what happens when you try to do things from memory? Sometimes your memory, when you get nearing the half-century mark in your life, you don't remember things like you're supposed to. And uh, the St. Paul St. Joe's game is Thursday at St. Joe's at five fifteen, not Tuesday the 9th. It's Thursday the eleventh. My mistake, but that's going to be a key determining game as far as seating goes. Ninth again, we mentioned West Haven, and we obviously we mentioned St. Joe's, and uh, kudos to Morgan undefeated in the shoreline. They clinched the regular season championship last year. They're going to be the one seed in that division. Um, and Northwestern has already clinched the virtual league. They won their first eight games and they got a couple votes this week. So, uh, and then in the, the ECC South, uh, Tuesday night and ninth, you have East Lime facing NFA and NFA the defending champ per se. The East Lime's had a great run defensive unit under coach Jeff Bernardi. So that should be fun too. So I can't pick you a win in the ECC uh, South, Sean. They've been kind of beating each other up. So, uh, But um, I think we're going to start getting a clearer picture. By the time we tape next week, we're going to be in the middle of some tournaments and other ones are trying to figure it out. So it should be fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's Like I said at this top, it's all come so fast and so quick, and before I know it, we'll be done. But it would be really fun to actually get to see some some tournaments for a change. You know, we saw some fall tournaments, but – You know, usually the boys' basketball and the girls' basketball and hockey terms, those are really fun. And, yeah, we don't have a state state championship this year, so we're going to have to put all our eggs into this and and have a lot of fun with it. So uh, uh, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, Unless uh, you got anything else to say, Joe?
0: No, I think I've said plenty. Yeah,
2: okay. All right, so for Joe Morelli, I'm Sean Paciapoli. Thanks for joining Courtside on Game Time CT.